At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. And now we're going to believe that. Science is furthering. <laughs> right. So that's, and that's just it, is, is that people are not comfortable with the answer. I don't know. Right. And that's, and that's to me really funny because coming from science, that's exactly what we have to say. That's where you got to get. We, you know, we don't know, but we will test it. You know, it might not be a high priority to test certain things, but it'll happen. It'll get there. What starts here changes the world. Well, I've got to admit, I kind of like it. What starts here changes the world. Because the world. that is how it works. The average American will meet 10,000 people in their lifetime. problem can only be solved when there is a kind of coalition of conscience. conscience. But if every one of you changed the lives of just 10 people, just 10 people. What, your lights what your lights are, and each one of those people changed the lives of another 10 people, and another 10. This is the 10. beginning, it is not the finale, and that's why we're here, and that's why we rally. And you can change the entire population of the world, 8 billion people. If you think it's hard to change the lives of 10 people, change their lives forever. forever. We've got to be that something that Arnold Tornby, the historian, refers to as a creative minority. minority. You're wrong. Then others will then show others up. Will also, show what up. about no children dying? That's kind of nice. kind of nice. Liberation. It's an internal. It's an internal. Of speaking the of truth. Speaking the truth. But their children were saved. And their children's children. children. Generations were saved by one decision, one person. But changing the world can happen anywhere, and anyone can, anyone do, it. can do it. Adam, guess what? Yes. Hey. We're recording. Ryan. Ryan, guess what? <laughs> what? We are in effect. <laughs> so what starts here can indeed change the world, but the question is, what will the world look like after you change after it? You change it, change it, you change it? Welcome, Welcome to Public, to public Access, Access America. Hey, we're back at Public Access America. We're just at the top of the hour. So nice. So um, China, huh? China. They caused the virus, huh? Is that what it is? Can I ask a question? Let's ask. Let's go how, for it. How is it that uh? A Korean woman that's been in the country for 30 years is responsible for a coronavirus that was made in a lab in China? Well, if you're going to go for that conspiracy theory, the answer is no. Okay. okay. No. no. Well, I, I just don't, I don't like, I just saw this TikTok and the lady said, if you want to help the AAPI community, stop saying you don't understand because that just means you basked in your privilege. Yes. I basked in my privilege. I don't understand. <laughs> like, I don't understand why people would hate Asians. I mean, I, I mean, want to say beforehand I, that, that eight, you know, 95% of my family in law 
is Asian. So I, I, I have a different perspective, but I just don't understand. Well, I think, I think to understand why someone would simply hate Asians, you have to ask the question, why do some people simply hate black people? Why do some people simply hate, you know, the Native American population? Why do some people simply hate the, the Mexican Latino population? And Yes, that's the same question. I have that same same question. question. It's the same question. And racism is an illogical response to something within your head, be it learned or I I honestly do think it's a learned thing. Um, Oh, yeah, definitely. But the problem is, is is that, uh, and unfortunately, I've seen this too. Everybody wants to blame someone somewhere for something. And here's my answer to this whole coronavirus blame game. There are no indications that it was created in a lab. Okay. Even even the best conspiracy theory that I've seen on this goes like goes like this. In Wuhan, there is a lab that studies different viruses. Coronavirus is one of them. Right, right. And that's true. There is a lab in Wuhan that studies coronaviruses. As well as in England, that's AstraZeneca. So this lab was studying different coronaviruses that were in the wild population in China. Okay. We, have, we had scientists who worked there. There was, and then the, the conspiracy theory is, is that there was a lab accident and it got out. Oh, okay. Which, here's the thing, like the reason why I say this is my favorite a conspiracy theory is because it really is based in plausibility like the whole like it's a lab created bioweapon no it's not because if oh. it's a lab created bioweapon it's a really shitty one because it's not killing a whole lot of people real fast right. yeah it overwhelmed our hospital systems for a bit but if it was really a lab created super weapon it should have been killing more people faster. Oh, like like, <clears throat> like some of the different weaponized pox versions that are out there. Um, there are some serious bioagents out there that, um, let's just say that if those ever got loose, we would be in a world of hurt. Oh, sure. You could weaponize but, anthrax and kill us all. Oh, yeah. But that's the thing. Is like coronavirus, is, unfortunately, unfortunately, is not the weaponized uh, virus that they think that it is. People sure. want to keep calling it the China virus or the Kung flu. You know, no, initially, no, 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 yeah, right. Initially, it was like, oh, haha, that's actually kind of funny. And then I'm like, no, that's actually not funny. That's just really fucking dumb. Yeah. And the issue at, the issue at hand here is, is that with, with this virus, it didn't, there are no indications currently that it broke out of a lab. Okay. And and I say that because this is also the Chinese government that we're working with, and they're not going to release any information that makes them look bad. Of course not. I don't, I don't trust the Chinese government to actually hand over the truth. But that said, we've had several senior military leaders come out and say under both administrations <clears throat> that it bears none of the hallmarks of it being a weaponized virus. And I, I would say that that's absolutely true because of the fact that it is not killing more people. And if it were killing more people, then I would have expected a lot more people to wear masks and stay home and support shutdowns. 
So the idea that it's a weaponized virus, but you're not giving up your your mask maskless face uh, out in a restaurant freedom, mm-hmm. those the, the cognitive dissonance there is is spectacular. Oh, so, it's all I wrote. I wrote you a note about the cognitive dissonance. <laughs> you know what I mean? In the Republican Party over this. So so the reality of the situation is is that while I like this conspiracy theory simply because. It actually is based entirely on a reality-based uh, possibility. Right. It's so far there are no indications that that's the answer. Right. And that more likely than not, someone just ate a fucking bat. But if you believe that theory, you would have to believe that Spawn was a documentary. Well, the number of people who think that you know. Um, what was it that will smith movie of uh i am legend was like yeah they're like you know this is how no it's not this is this is how people who don't understand science think that science works it was the same it's the same shit that i saw when we were looking at genetically genetically modified organisms 20 years ago oh my god they're gonna make franken foods we're gonna have little shop of horrors no you're not no no you're not you're not you're not you're not at all that's no. not how this works that's not how dna works that's not how <laughs> genetics works that's and, not how this works <laughs> and and what it boils down to is is that there are a bunch of people out there that think that they understand science mm-hmm. don't actually want to read right and learn and listen to actual science it's like for example you know and and i gotta touch on this because i i I have to okay as we saw earlier in the week Rand paul and fauci had it out on live tv where Rand paul accused fauci of theatrics and how all of these studies indicate blah 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 and Rand paul was trying to pull the doctor card and now i'm going to tell people Rand Paul is actually a doctor. He really is. Mm-hmm. He actually is a doctor. He's an ophthalmologist. That's right. He's an eye doctor. Sure. He is an eye doctor. Now, if we were going to ask him questions about Jason's eyes, I would expect uh, some solid answers and some at least educated opinions about that. Hmm. But Let, as an ask, eye doctor... Let's, let's ask Scott Atlas instead. But as an eye doctor... He does not know epidemiology. Mm-hmm. He does not know virology. He does not know immunology. Just because he is a quote-unquote medical doctor, that does not mean that he knows these subjects. That is not his educational background. Mm-hmm. That's like going to a real estate lawyer and asking them to represent you in a complex murder trial. Right. They're a lawyer. They know a little bit about criminal law. Yeah, absolutely. Sure. But that's not their area of practice. Yeah, it's like asking uh, Anthony Fauci to look at my eyes. Right. Mm-hmm. Sure. Medically speaking, he could look at your eyes. Right. But in terms of the actual knowledge of what might be afflicting you, he's not going to have the same level of information. And that's what people need to understand. Right. A doctor is not a doctor is not a doctor. Your general physical practitioner is going to know enough generals about the human body mm. to be able to solve a lot of issues. But why do you think we have specialists? Because at some point, their knowledge level exceeds, you know, what's going on with you exceeds their knowledge level. Mm -hmm. So you got to go see a specialist. 
You got to go see a nephrologist for your kidney issues. You got to go see an ophthalmologist for your eye issues. You got to go see a cardiologist for your heart issues. Why? Because these are people that specialize in those things. Mm-hmm. Epidemiologists, virologists, immunologists all specialize in the study of viruses and how the body reacts to them, how they spread. Those are things that are important for people to understand. That that specificity in study is what allows them to render an opinion that's based in scientific reality. Rand Paul does not have that level of education. He does not have that experience. Right. If I needed to find out what my prescription is or why I'm blind in my left eye, sure, maybe I'd go see Rand Paul. I'd go see him just to tell him to shove it up his ass. But mm-hmm. So Rand Paul, in this case, is really the one who was – you know, giving off a great, a great show in political theater. I mean, the show sucked, but yeah. because the actor was an idiot. <laughs> the whole cat, the whole cast is B-list. Anyway, B-list, man. Are you kidding? I would love Bruce Campbell to be considered B-list in this fucking scene. This you is like just to this get is Bruce- like the this this is like the C-list couldn't even be bothered to show up for this. Just to get Bruce. Just to get Bruce Campbell on the show is 500 bucks. Come on, Bruce. Come on. <laughs> oh, that would be fun, though. I, lo- I love Evil Dead is one of my favorites. Shop smart. Shop as smart. Come on. Yep. What, what a better line is there in a horror movie than that? This is my boomstick. <laughs> Give me back my hand. <laughs> oh, my God. So... So when you look at the issues with why I don't trust politicians to understand what's happening, mm-hmm. this is why. Because a bunch of people were like, Rand Paul really owned him. He's a doctor. He knows this stuff. No, he does not. Mm-mm. He never the intended nice, to. The nice thing like for me being, you know, having a master's in data analysis is, is that data analysis is data analysis is data analysis across the spread. It doesn't matter whether I'm working on business applications or health applications or other algorithms. Like I understand math in order to do this. Understanding the math and how it works does not equate to rendering an opinion on what, why the, why the answer might be what it is. Right. I can tell you what the answer, I can tell you what the answer is based on the math. Mm-hmm. I cannot tell you why that is. And that's where you need people that have these specialized areas. Sure. I, but, you know, let's be clear. It takes a, an Anthony Fauci and a Rand Paul to get a complete picture of what COVID does to the human body. You're right. Like you needed those people um, examining eyes in France to find the seven people that were getting nodules in their eyes from COVID. Nobody exactly. knew that was happening until that, but that doesn't mean that those seven people are suddenly something to worry about in the overall picture. Anthony Fauci might be able to tell you how the virus is working and stuff, but he's not going to be able to tell you without experts giving him information about uh, brain disorders or how the long-term stuff works. There's all how the virus people. is interacting in, in a person's right. eye. Just as Anthony Fauci is not going to be able to render a medical opinion of why it's causing people's hearts to explode or why it's turning, you know, uh, why or why a gastroenterologist is seeing that they're seeing certain organs just liquefy. Right. But he is smart enough to gather a team that of people like that 
who's who's then furthering their team and their outreach to other people and so that's how we're getting the information you know but anthony fauci you asked him to be the head of this task force so he's the guy that's playing the general physician in this of i know i know i have a bunch of specialists to reach out to you know exactly and 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 as anthony fauci said when it comes to certain things you know under the new administration, he's allowed to say, I don't know, I can get you an answer. Right. And that's just it, is, is that people are expecting a lot of definitives. And what you saw yeah. Rand, Paul, Rand Paul do is, you know, while claiming to be a doctor and, and a scientist, was do something completely antithetical to science and that, you know, the, the lack of evidence was somehow proof that, and it's like, no, that's not how science works. <laughs> the lack of evidence is simply a lack of evidence. It's not proof unless you're testing a specific assumption. Well, what about the circle theory? If you, if, if there's a circle that contains all the knowledge that there is to know in the universe and you put a little one inch line on that containing all the information you yourself know, then in fact, the rest of the circle proves that there's stuff that you don't know, which proves that I know I'm right. Mm -hmm. Totally. Yeah, okay. It's circular logic. I love that, right. you know, the, uh, the analogy of circular logic. And that's just it. It's like, one of the things that people need to be comfortable with on both on, on, on uh, scientists and non-scientists is that sometimes the answer is I don't know. Right. And and that is that is acceptable in the lens of science, because when you don't know, that's what you go test. Mm -hmm. You know, you go test and figure out why it is. There's a lot of assumptions that you know have to be made, and we test those assumptions. And when those assumptions turn out to be false we change up the study and we rerun it. Hell yeah, that's for because sure. Because that's the way it is. We we solve questions, we, we, we ask questions and we make assumptions until we can prove that, you know, the assumption itself holds true. Right, makes sense to me. You reject the null hypothesis as the alternate has to be true. But by definition, you are creating space to examine something that will end up being not true. So in that moment, when you say you're studying this, people can't take that to mean, oh, this is the truth. No, it's it's what the course we're on right now. And it's the course I'm on. There's other people on other courses. And one of us is going to shout, and we're all going to test that theory. Once that person, if a thousand scientists are going after an answer, they're all coming up with different answers, but they're all testing each other's answers. And then they find the one that's right. And they all go forward with that until... Yep until a thousand scientists are going based on that idea. And then one says, Hey, guess what? And we go towards that. That's science. Science isn't, I have the answer because the, the, the sun rotates around us because that's the way it looks. And now we're going to believe that science is furthering. <laughs> right. So that's, and that's just it is, is that people are not comfortable with the answer. I don't know. Right. And that's, and that's to me really funny because coming from science, that's exactly what we have to say. That's where you got to get. We, you know, we don't know, but we will test it. You know, mm -hmm. it might not be a high priority to test certain things, but it'll happen. It'll get there. Isn't it amazing just that, yes, in fact, that you can ask anybody in the country a question and they'll try and answer it. Like they won't say, I don't know. 
it takes a big person to say, you know, I don't know. But it seems like if you ask, if I was to ask you uh, how pink looked on me, you'd have an opinion for some reason. You know what I mean? Like you wouldn't say, I don't know. I've never seen you in pink, you know? <laughs> well, Jason, I think you'd be very pretty in pink. Exactly. See, you had to come up with an answer. And, and everybody does that because I think if to not have an answer is irrelevance and nobody wants to be irrelevant. Well, everybody wants to think that they know something. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing is, is like, like, one of my it's funny you bring up one of the things that i really don't know anything about and that's color there you go and it's and and here's the thing is is that you know the the family has asked whether or not i'm colorblind the answer is no i'm not colorblind i can see all the different colors i can see how you know i can see the differences between different colors within the same so i I can see different colors of black i can see different colors of red different colors of yellow like i can see all of that but the way that my brain looks at it is like all of this is just yellow like it like it just like to dive into why the yellows are different i don't care like it doesn't do anything for me like i don't get emotions or feelings or sensations (laughs) or anything from looking at different colors it's like we have you know we have a couple of walls painted in our house uh and they're green and they're very different. I can tell you that they're different colors of green, but they're just green. Like, that's how my brain functions. I know one is a darker green, one is a lighter green. <clears throat> why, what color it is, why it is. Like, my, like of all the things, like, I can dig into and dive into, color is just not one of those things. And no. I don't know why. It's like, and it's frustrating because everybody else is like, well, it's this kind of green and it's this kind of black and it's this kind. It's like... I'm I'm glad that it excites you and that you know it elicits all of these things. It does nothing for me. Right. It does That's something why, for Devi, who's an artist, but not you. Absolutely. Exactly. You know, I can tell that you know something looks good. Like like the colors that Devi has picked to paint are phenomenal colors. They look mm-hmm. fantastic. But they don't and they don't elicit the same responses for me that it does for everybody else. Right. I can you know I learned my my late ex-wife wanted me to my ugh, whatever she wanted me to paint the bathroom and i was like what color and she's like you pick the color and i was like you don't want me to pick a color i'm blind you know and she's like pick the color i picked emerald green because it was the brightest green and i knew they were irish and then i would just take some white paint and make it a lighter green for the trim and she came in and she was like what is this and i was like it's green you know and she's like that is like probably the worst possible green primary color green that you could have picked and i was like that's me i'll always pick a primary color it's the brightest and most outrageous to my eyes that's that's what's appealing to me is the solid yellow like the yellow or the red but i don't like maroon or beige or i have to have those primary colors for me to to get a response Mm -hmm. and that's and that's just it is it's like you know, I'm I'm glad and excited that you know for the kids and for Debbie that, you know, color is really something that's exciting for them. Yeah. Not for me. I never thought and, about it. You know, it just uh, it doesn't do anything for me, and that it is what it is. You know, <laughs> it's why it's why I have a love for artists who can see the world in all these different colors and right. have all of those colors put together and elicit a response. You know, art is like art is beautiful to me, 
and it's and it's fantastic like i visually love looking at art but don't ask me to dive into it because i'm not going to be able to sit down and say oh the way that this green runs oh no my brain doesn't my brain does not have that response like i see this big picture and the feeling that everything together gives me i can tell you right but you can't like if you have me look at the color of the wall sorry it just isn't going to do anything for me you know the first thing i think of when i look at a nice piece of art is wow that took a lot of time and effort Mm -hmm. and that's what i'm valuing you know right right the skill of being able to create a reality within uh you know uh whatever sized canvas right i can't i'm I love to pretend that I'm an artist, you know, but the truth is, is I'm just not, you know? <laughs> oh, no. In fact, there is a there is a piece of art that I made hanging in our kitchen. Nice. That is simply there, I'd say, as a way to make all the other art in the house look great because I am not an artist. I cannot, I cannot paint. I cannot draw. Like, mm. It is not my thing. That's, like, I, I, that's I, funny. I, I can appreciate anybody who can do that. To me, it's incredible. I cannot do it. I cannot do it. And so the funny thing was, is I was out with a college friend of mine. We were doing this, you know, wine tour. And of course, we end up at like a sip and paint thing. And I'm like, oh, God, this is going to be bad. (laughs) And so, you know, I'm, you know, they're like, here, you know, here's how you start by making a truck. And I was like, I got this image in my head of this old grain truck that I used to drive on the farm. So that's what I'm going to do nice yeah after about after a few swipes of paint what i came to realize is i had managed to draw a penis looking object and i was of course dying and i sent a picture to debbie you know saying hey look i'm i'm drawing a grain truck and all of a sudden i just get this uh that's a dick abort 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 (laughs) (laughs) you know i have the pages app and uh, the eye pencil. And I realized that I just made shapes using different colors. And then I put it in this Oilist app. And what came out wasn't at all what it looked like going in. And so for about two weeks, I was just making the simplest, stupidest pictures. And then I'd have to share them with you because they're pretty cool. And I, I so I had some of them I framed and, you know, I had them printed at Walmart, 16 by 10. And then I, cause I'm just going to fill my house with crappy art because people don't know. They don't know a hundred, a year but, from now. But they're, here's the thing. They're just like, Hey, I like your art. And I'm like, yeah, me too. But here's the thing. Like, is it really crappy art though? You know, think about it. Maybe. Like, Think about it as someone who has visual impairments, creating visual art. Right. Like this is where the psychology of art is interesting to me. Like this in a way is a representation of your world. Right. The way I see it. Through a lens that not many of us are capable of seeing it through. And so that in and of itself is actually kind of a unique idea. Like your world, your (laughs) world, that's really neat actually. That's actually really neat. But like your world is the way that you're visually representing things through your world is that's crazy. Like that's really mm-hmm. neat. Thank you. So, so, you know, whereas like somebody like me, I'm like, I just don't have the desire. I don't have the drive. Mm-hmm. Like, I guess if I had to pick a medium for me, my medium would be like movies. 
Like yeah. I love movies. And and I would love I would love to do like a horror movie with my music and right. and have, you know, instead of having like an actual like talking film like we're so used to in a lot of ways have it be like quote unquote silent film. Nice. It's just that you constantly have this death metal soundtrack playing through the movie. And so you have to read, you have to, you know, you have to read the subtitles of what's going on within the movie in order to understand the plot of the movie. Not even subtitles, just you have to base your emotions on what's going on, the feeling what of you're the hearing. music, the mood of the do cameras. That too. Yeah. And do that too. You know, to me, like I, that would be absolutely fantastic. Blend a little bit of old and new, mm-hmm. but with, with horror, with one of my favorite things. Yeah. Imagine, so, imagine having a modern scene with uh, the old Nosferatu walking through it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Exactly. That would be so cool. So, like, with your art, you know, just remember that, you know, I don't know what, what the art world for the visually impaired looks like. Right. But, but this is your representation of the world through your eyes. And that is unique in and of itself. I agree. I think people think they have to study and be artists, but the truth is, is a dot, a dot on a piece of canvas represents something to everybody. Like that's a hole. That's a hole in the universe. That's a mountain. That's a mole. Like a dot on a canvas is everything to everybody. You know what I mean? And you could literally stop. There's times I've tried to paint something and went that triangle. Like it, I just see it. You know what I mean? Nobody else is going to see it, but I see it. You know, the, for me, you know, my art was always music and and words. You know, I was, I was better able at putting stuff together that, that Mm. way to draw out different imagery that way. Right. I can't, I can't paint. I can't draw. And that's fine by me. Like, I don't, I don't have any expectations that I have to be good at everything. Right. But you also, you're you're not criticizing the experts and telling them they don't know anything. No, no, I don't know anything about art. What the hell am I going to say? Yo, uh, so that swirl right there is, you know, (sighs) I mean, if I ever wanted to learn to be a Hippocratic dickhead, I would probably consult Rand Ball or Ted right. Cruz, right? But right. I, the, I don't have that, that I don't have that skill set. They do. You know? <laughs> right. You, you know, saying one thing and really doing the opposite. And being like, the, the, oh, God, the libs. No. Right. Oh, and and before, the, I want to tell you about my movie that I want to make really quick. And it's called Bitch Fuck, right? So imagine a bar in between two sets of stairs. And two women are walking down the stairs, looking as fine as they can. They they meet each other in the middle of the scene, and one goes, bitch, and the other goes, fuck. And from that point on, it's a fight that expands and gets bigger and bigger and fills the bar and spills out into the streets. And then the camera angle gets wider and wider, and the fight just continues to fill the city. And it's just an hour and a half of fight. Bitch fuck. That wasn't quite where I thought it was going to go. I was like, this kind of sounds like needs a Pornhub intro to it. <laughs> just two lyrics or just two. Uh, yeah. Two words. Two words, bitch and fuck. And that's it. No other, no other, just music and fighting, you know? So basically you want it to look like uh, Fox News and meets the view. Yeah. <laughs> so the capital insurrection without the capital. <laughs> <laughs> 
Sounds about right. Yeah. No, it's art is such a crazy thing. It is, and I'm so glad that I'm so glad Debbie shares her art, you know, on Facebook. I think that's so valuable. I was thinking today that Facebook just causes us to eventually eat our own. Like mm-hmm. we only we end up criticizing our friends or attacking our mm-hmm. friends or getting mad at our friends because of what they posted. But you gotta see your friends for the amazing things that they post. Like Debbie's art is just incredible to me. You know what I mean? Right, and Debbie's a fantastic artist, and and I've been glad to see uh, to see her get back into doing art. It's yeah. it's been it's been really cool to see some of the stuff she's come up with, um, you know, especially as she, you know, as she uses it for different things. You know, sometimes it's processing emotions and events mm. in her life. Sometimes it's fuck it. You know, we're just gonna we're just gonna put the the brush yeah. on canvas and we're just gonna see what happens. I want one of those. I told her I said I would trade her a print for a print. And I'd like any artist, any out artist out there that's making art, I'll trade you a print for a print. The size you send send me is the size I'll send you. I want different art on my walls. You know what I mean? You know, and and that's the thing is like art really is a beautiful thing when you when you fill your spaces with it yeah. and that's you know that's that's part of the joy of being you know being with debbie is, is that our space is filled with very beautiful artwork yeah like i don't understand where where this all resides within her mind but i can only imagine it's the same place that you know where i have these this music and, and horror movie stored in mind is very much the same way that mm-hmm. her brain stores this uh, these ideas and concepts for her right for me music music is my photograph you know what i mean like somebody told me i didn't know you sang i'd like to hear you sing sometime and i was like i have over 100 published songs and he's like just because they're published doesn't mean they're good and i was like exactly but Mm -hmm. they're all a memory to me like i can listen to my own music all day for some reason if you put me on the rotten teeth page i'm there listening to it and i'm like oh that isn't perfect but that's way better than i thought it was at the time you know right i've gone back and listened to some of the old music that i i I wrote with old bands and i was like wow that that song was awful wow that song was actually really good right the way it aged right yeah yeah. Like, wow, we were trying something really different there, and that just worked out to be amazing. Yeah. You know, and and you know, I think that's that's just the way that art is. Is that some some of it is just going to be, you know, if most of the songs. I'm like, yeah, that's very much 2007, 2008. Mm-hmm. Like I can take that sound, but some of it, I'm like, wow, that was actually like that would aged really well, you know, and, and would I do anything different to it? No, actually I wouldn't. Right. I always wish my stuff was better produced, but I like to say, I think it's like science. You were all traveling and searching for an answer, like the equation to a song that we're trying to come up with. Like they're just in my head. I, I hear a track and then I spontaneously sing over it 500 times until I get lyrics that I like. So mm-hmm. that's my process. And then at the end, I don't know. I'm kind of happy with accomplishing my goal. Now, was it produced very well? Maybe not. But was the concept good? Was the theory good? Was this song, if this song had been made by somebody that makes that style of music, would they be able to produce that into a sellable song? And I think many times my songs would be a yes. I know that my the stuff that I have made, some of it was, like, there was never the idea that my stuff would be 
widely uh, right. shared. Uh, just because, like, I mean, it's a very, very, very specific set of people would enjoy that type of music. Yeah. But, you know, it's it's one of those things, like, you know, when I was younger, it was like, oh, I wanted to make music for everybody else because I wanted – now it's like I want to make music for me and just mm-hmm. fucking enjoy the process and have fun with it. And yeah. if, you know, I'm just – I'm looking forward to being able to have that time to do it and sit yeah. down and just jam on guitar with some ideas and, you know, a keyboard and just come up with some crazy shit just for fun. I'm looking forward to setting up my drum set and, you know, putting down, you know, seeing if I still got it the way that I, you know, still think I've got it. And you know, the funny thing is, is that I sit there and I, I practice all these different beats with, you know, with my hands and with my legs and mm-hmm. like, the way that what I always noticed was the way that I write music is it was different from you know the way that some of my friends wrote music like they'd start with okay we're gonna start with this piece right here and then we're gonna do you know just build out from that way okay my music is very much a, it starts at the beginning like here's where the this is where the track starts and I have to build it from there oh okay so like some people start in the middle and, and work their way you know I get that outwards I it's like like I imagine transition from one piece to another because I want my music to flow gotcha. into the next piece. And so because I want my music to tell stories, I want my music to be, you know, concept art. Mm-hmm. Which is why I want to do a, a death metal horror movie. Because I love it. Because I want it to start somewhere and I want it to tell this crazy story that I have in my head. And I want people to have certain feelings and I want to be able to evoke that with the music. Exactly. That's why I always love, like I love songs like that. I love good one-off songs, but I really love albums that flow. Mm-hmm. And I really love concept albums. I really love concept albums because to me, like I love, a, I love it when an album tells me a story and there's some great ones out there. There's some great love ones. There's some great rock ones. There's some great uh, metal. There's some death metal ones. It's There's some fantastic stories out there told through the music. I just want to be able to put a visual representation to it from start to finish and have a two-hour-long horror movie that is entirely death metal track. I would wow. love to do it with my own stuff, but I would also, you know, it, to me it would also be fun to have a bunch of artists do it. Sure. Yeah, I'm thinking of like uh, the horror version of Clerks. You know, mm-hmm. I went back and watched Clerks, and I was like, these songs. I remember this. I remember this song. Like, right, Berserker. You know, like I um, yeah, I used to love that music. You know, the DRI, the grungy side of of horror of metal like that. But what's it going to take you to sit down and actually make music then? Uh, that's been that's been the the tough part is you know i had this idea pre-pandemic and Mm -hmm. then pandemic set in and uh job change and you know just all of that has been getting me to the point of you know how do i get how do i get my life stabilized to the point where it's easy for me to go for a day and go write music Okay, so you just don't have a, have a routine down, so where you can right. carve space out, right? And that's and that's just been the tough part of of 
you know, having so many life changes happen at once because like sure. we bought a house and then I changed jobs and then the pandemic hit and then, you know, school from home. And, you know, some of it is, some of it's going to be simply that, you know, I don't have all of my material that I want. Mm. Like I don't have, I don't have the amps that I want. Um, yeah. Some of it is going to be that, you know, like I don't have the guitar that I want. Some of it's going to be that my laptop is old enough to where it needs to be replaced before I start even thinking about trying to, you know, record music gotcha. because, because this thing is, I don't, you know, it is running on, I don't know how it's running on the legs that it's running on, but it's still running. <laughs> Cause I was like, when did I get this laptop? Oh yeah. I, I got it right at the beginning of 2014. Wow. Uh, because my old laptop started having issues and, I had to buy one. So here I am with this thing seven years later, it's running still. I've, I've upgraded the Ram and I put an SSD hard drive in it, but it's got some issues. It's old. <laughs> it probably should have been retired at least two years ago, but you know, I didn't have, I didn't have the money to be able to just, you know, buy myself a new laptop. Yeah. That was my problem was saving up for my Mac you know and that's you know and, and that's the other issue it's like okay then i also need to buy some recording software as well i need to learn how to use said recording software yes and and so like it's like all you i've had all of this stuff that's like okay well this is overwhelming i'm not going to do it right now and so i sit down and i'm like mm, no i'm not going to do this i just what i know is is that i need to you know it's just I got to start piecemealing some of that stuff. It's like, I need to get my amps back. So that way I can start playing the music out loud and well, hear what it. I'm working stop. on. Then stop right there. That's it. That's all yep. you have to do right now. Yep. You don't so, have to, you don't have to think about my friend does the same thing. He thinks 10, 10 steps in advance and he won't take a step until he's thought about those 10 steps. But yep. if you know what your goal is and you know what the steps are, just, just get the amps. That's it. That's it. Yeah, and 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 the reason I haven't been able to get the amps is because of the pandemic. Okay, so that's you gonna know? be over soon because you're gonna be vaccinated, and then you can go get them. Yep, mm. and that's just it. Is you know, my mom was initially gonna bring out all my drums, all my amps, all of my childhood stuff because I got my own house now, so mm -hmm. get my shit out. You know, the only reason I got my drums back is because I ended up having to go out to Montana for a funeral. Ah, uh, and that's what you could fit in the car. And that's what I could fit in the car. Gotcha. I know what so, that's like. So, you know, the next trip, could I easily get my my amps? Absolutely. If I if I did a solo trip to Montana, I could absolutely have my amps and have them back here and, and be going again. Perfect. Okay. And that's it. That's all you got to do to start. I love yep. it. I think people, I'm just, people get overwhelmed with things because they, they think about what it takes to complete it and then give up, you know? Right. So not that you're, that's not what you're doing. I'm just using you as a, a that right. certain example. Well and, well, and that's the other thing too, is it's like, that is actually something that I've started to recognize in, in, in my life is because, you know, the work that I do, I have to look at risk and I have mm -hmm. to understand how these risks are going to affect, you know, the place that I work. Right. And that's just the life that I live. And so like the risk of me just going out and getting my amps right now has been too great. Right. That's, that's just the reality of it. But the, you'll get there. Yeah. 
I have the same thing where I would always pause my life based on other people's plans, mm -hmm. like thinking that their life was my life and I had to go on their plan. And then I told my friend one day, he said, well, I might come over if you want to go shopping. And I was like, I don't deal in mites. But what I can tell you is that I'm going to continue going on about my day. And if it gels with your day, then I guess we're going to do something. But if not, I'm not going to be upset by it. And you shouldn't be upset that I'm not upset. And he was like, fair enough. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I'm not going to, I'm not going to pause my life. If you're telling me you're going to come over, if I'm home, I'm home. If I'm not, I'm not. Now, if you're telling right. me I'm coming over at two o'clock on the dot, I'll be home at two. I'll be home 10 right. minutes before two. And I'll even be home 10 minutes after two. But that doesn't mean that 305, I'm going to still be there. You know? <laughs> right, right, exactly. You know, and that's just it. It's like, hey, send me a message. If I'm around, cool, let's meet up. If I'm not, cool, mm -hmm. we'll catch up later. But that doesn't mean I'm mad. And it doesn't mean I'm right. mad at you. And this this is something that was really hard for me to learn in life was to I felt it was disrespecting somebody if they said hey we're gonna go eat dinner we're gonna go eat at four and I'm like cool and then at six o'clock they call me and they're like hey how you doing and I'm like um I'm hungry and they're like why you know that's how my life always went you know and then mm -hmm. I just realized just eat when you're hungry Jason because if they do show up at four like they said you can always get a dessert or something or nothing at all. You know what I mean? Just right. live, live your life the way if you're hungry at two, don't wait two hours for somebody that's going to make you wait another two hours. Just, just go on with life. I don't know. I don't know. You know, and I, that's, that's always the tough part is because, you know, we don't want to be like that quote unquote inconvenience to somebody else, or we don't right. want to, you know, we think about other people's emotions in a way it's like, well, what is going to be the easiest you know, sometimes we got to think about our own emotions and our own mm -hmm. needs and not get you know? emotional about it. Right. You know, that's like the whole, you know, people have things that come up, dude, like my life has been, Hey, something came up. <laughs> right. You know, and, and it's just one of those things. Like, I don't, you know, like, I don't see it as malice. I see it as life is unpredictable. Right. And sometimes you're just like, well, hey, I was going to make this appointment, but my car decided that it doesn't want to work. Mm -hmm. So change of plans, uh, not going to make the thing that I wanted to make. I got to fix my car. Yeah, or, thing, things or hey, I wanted to be on the podcast, but my fucking wireless card died. <laughs> but things come up all the time. And it's, I don't know, I've had, I've, I've put friends on pause because I wanted to go on a date with somebody. That doesn't mean that I don't like my friends. It just meant that that time I wanted to go on a date more, you know, right, that, exactly. that's fine. That's the way life is. Keep people that you care about in, uh, in the loop, right? Like, I think somebody could tell me as soon as they realize they don't want to go out, then they could call me and, or text me and be like, plans changed by that's all. And I, yeah. I respect people that are just like, that that emotionless about it you know just like boop this is it things changed okay, gotta go something came up i something came up i gotta i gotta do something else because yeah, i don't want to leave the house just for the record i don't want to leave the house i don't like company i'm pretty perfectly fine by myself alone doing my thing so <laughs> it's not right. it's not like you're killing me by saying oh i can't go out to eat don't don't feel like you're hurting my feelings i actually want to stay home <laughs> You know, and that's the thing is like, you know, what a lot of people don't realize about me is like, I am constantly busy, like I'm constantly mm -hmm. working on stuff. And so when it's like, you know, something comes up and, oh, I'm sorry, man, we're not gonna be able to hang out. I'm like, dude, that's cool. It's yeah. like, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm gonna sit down, I'm gonna do absolutely nothing for a couple hours, I'm gonna enjoy it. 
Yes. Or I got something else already on the plate, you know? Yeah. yeah. You know, I try to make plans for things that I want to do because, you know, that's one of the things that I've noticed is, is that I don't tend to make enough plans for me doing things for me. And right. so that's that's something that I absolutely want to change. But Yeah, I would leave a lot of space open for other people's priorities. You know, like I'd leave a, a scheduling window open in the prime times of days, just in case somebody called and was like, I want to do something. I'd be sitting there because if a friend says, hey, we're going out at 12 to the store, I'm dressed with my keys in my hand at fucking 1130. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know, or I'm also the kind of person where I'll just be sitting at home and be like, hey, we're going to go watch some Highlander games. And I'm like, Fuck it, let's do this. Let's do it. I always say yes. I it's always like, say uh, yes. I, the funny thing is, is like, like, like you know, do the Highlander games interest me? Yeah, sure. Is there going to be food there? Yes, I'm in. Let's I'm go in. see. Let's go see the food. I, I definitely want to see the food. <laughs> it's like you know, I, I, I don't know why. Like that seems to be like my thing. It's like, it's like, yeah, no, this sounds interesting. Is there food? Yep, there's food. All right, let's do this. I'm in. Yeah don't understand why i mean but. my friend says you want to go out to eat and i'm like yeah waffle house waffle house like that's just it like he can pick wherever he wants we do this thing where he pays once i pay once you know and mm -hmm. so he was like well i'm paying where do you want to go and i was like not really my choice but if you're going to make me choose it's going to be waffle house and he's mm -hmm. like how about burritos and i was like hmm I'll do burritos. But then the next day he's like, well, you want to go out to eat? And I was like, Waffle House? He's like, Waffle House. And I paid. You know what I mean? So right. That's my go-to. That's where, if you're asking me, do you want to go out to eat? Yes. If you're asking me where I want to go, it's going to be Waffle House. <laughs> <laughs> to me, it's like, I'll, I'll, I'll go pretty much anywhere, you know. Well, I'll go anywhere. But if you're asking me to pick, I hate it. Because people are always like, no, no, no waffle house you don't like that you pick and i'm fine going anywhere and i'll even get what you're getting i'm okay with that right you know like there's so many places that i there's so many types of food i enjoy eating mm -hmm. it's just you know whatever let's go for it yeah you i know? don't i don't my mother-in-law used to say i have a face for pork chops and i'd be like i don't ever have a face for anything like i i wasn't raised in a way to where i got to pick what food i ate it was mm. going to the fridge and seeing oh there's butter and bread today or hey you know there's tomatoes and ground beef or i never got to pick what i ate it was always loving what was available yeah i mean i and i think that's why i'm just like is there gonna be food there sweet let's go yeah just go try it just see what's there it's like that's okay right. this sounds interesting let's go for it that's right. That's what guarantee I love. You, I guarantee you, if there's a if there's something going on, and if that place has bratwursts, I am there. Oh heck yeah! But I'll eat any. Like I was at a party one time, and my my late wife brought over a dish. It was rice and sauce, and I was like, "What is it?" And she's like, "Just eat it." And Filipinos, that's what they do. You know, they're like, "Ha ha! Let's see if he likes it." But I I don't care. I'm not picky. So I was eating it and they were all laughing at me. And I was like, well, what is it? And she's like, it's beet's blood. And I was like, well, it's not bad. You know what I mean? It's good. I'm eating it. So I'm not picky that way. I love, I love new foods, but there is like, I don't like cilantro just to be honest with you. If it's in something. Are you, are you the, are you the kind of person where cilantro tastes like soap to you? Yes. That's a genetic thing. 
wow, it's disgusting. And it stays in my nose for like two, three days. I after. love cilantro. Like oh. I love the taste of cilantro, but I, that was, that's one of those things. It's a genetic thing, you know, wow. for, I don't want to say like 10% of people cilantro tastes like soap. Interesting. I wonder, I wonder what that means. Coriander doesn't. So if you dry out cilantro into a spice form, it's fine with me. Which is interesting. I mean, to me, it's whatever, you know. Yeah. There are certain things I like and certain things I don't like. You know, for the longest time, I never liked rhubarb. Wow. And I think what it just boiled down to is I never had good rhubarb. Because to <laughs> me, it was always tough yeah. and stringy. And right. I, liked, I liked the taste. I hated the texture. It was not good to me. Right. But I have, uh, you know, Emily actually is amazing at making rhubarb, like doing anything with rhubarb. And oh my God, is it delicious when wow. she does rhubarb. I did have a question way from the way back. How is she doing with the vaccine? Uh, well, uh, she she didn't uh, say really anything. She got it yesterday afternoon, and so she didn't feel like any sight soreness whatsoever. Like when she got oh, home, okay. Uh, she, I hadn't seen her up this morning, so I have no idea how she's doing today. But they were like. You know, she's she's had some trouble sleeping lately, and the and the person that gave her the shot said, you know, you might feel some drowsiness, and she's like, finally, yes. please make me feel drowsiness. That's what but I got. As, yeah. But as someone who's immunocompromised, it's like, you know, she had to she had to wait around a little bit longer uh, for the viewing process. You know, mm -hmm. to just you know for the safe viewing process, and she's got an extra sheet of information uh, that she just has to go over, but. You know, this is one of those things where it's like a year later and, you know, she's in that group of people where she could very well, it could very well kill her and she could end up on a ventilator yep. she, or nothing happens because that's the way this virus goes. Hmm. Yeah. You know? And I, that's the vaccine. The conspiracy is, is that the vaccine might kill you. But the truth is, is you can be tested for a, a immunocompromisation. You know what I mean? Like you can be tested for this stuff before you get a vaccine to find out whether you can tolerate the vaccine. But the best part about this is, is that the inherent idea that number one, everybody's had that test or number two, that everybody can afford to have that test run. Of course. Of course. And that's just it is, is that the number of people who probably have some type of, you know, uh, immuno issue and not know it is probably much higher than you think. Because, to some extent because the reality is is that these tests are expensive to run and unless you have a need to run it you know most people don't think about it it's not you know i don't know if i'm immunocompromised or not i've never mm -hmm. had any tests determine i am or am not but if you also haven't had a need to have that test run right if you're a parent that is so worried about vaccines there's an option for you. You know what I mean? And if the doctor also, if you take your kid to the doctor and say, I'm so worried about him being immunocompromised and getting the vaccine and it killing him, the doctor might say, here you go. You have insurance. Go get that test, you know? Or, or you know, determining what allergies you have. Like, for example, you know, a friend of mine from a while ago had no idea that, you know, he was allergic to latex. Mm. Like, he just, he never understood it. Like, he never had to wear latex anything. But he would eat bananas, and afterwards he's like, "Ah, oh, my throat's itchy after I eat a banana." And I'm like, "Are do you have an allergy to bananas?" And he's like, "I don't know." I'm like, "I want to test a theory," and so he put on some latex gloves. He hadn't had bananas, and he started getting an itchy throat. And I'm like, 
Wow. You're allergic to latex, and bananas are part of the latex family. Wow. And so he actually went and got an allergy test done, and sure enough, he's allergic to latex. Well, I want everybody to go out and eat a banana. I want to know how many people suffer from no, this. You know, and that's just it. It's like, you, you know, I knew that random piece of information 15 years ago, and I have no explanation as to why I knew that. Right. But I knew that. And, and so simple enough, we, you know, we worked for the USDA. We had a bunch of latex gloves around. He hadn't had bananas in a few days. He put on a set of latex gloves and he started feeling issues. And I'm like, take those gloves off. It's like, you're allergic to latex. It's like, so we had to, we had to get nitrile gloves in order for him to be able to do some of the stuff that we were doing. That's cool. And as soon as he put on the nitrile, you know, and when he would use the nitrile gloves, no issues. I love that. And so then he, so then he tried having a banana again, again, same issue. And I'm like, you're allergic to latex, dude. Mm. I did not know that. That's great news. Which also, if you're wearing condoms like a smart person should, and you get a latex condom and you're having some issues, might be the latex. <gasps> might be the latex. Yeah. And so, mm. you know, you know, those are some, those are some things like. Like, unless you have a need, like, you might not consume bananas very often. That just might not be part of your thing. You might not have to wear latex very often, so you don't know this. Like, like if you've never had to wear latex and you, you know, you just don't eat bananas, like, how are you going to know that you have a latex allergy? Unless you either have eaten banana, wore gloves, or had an allergy test done to find out that you're allergic to latex. Those are things that, you know... Or you've been in contact with latex at a doctor's office where they've mm. worn latex and then suddenly you develop some issues. Like, yeah. that's that's the crazy idea is, is that the people who say, oh, well, you know, all of these conditions and blah, 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 blah. It's like, well, you know, people who are people who are immunocompromised and know they're immunocompromised have had to go through a lot of processes to learn that. Right. The people who don't know that they're compromised or have al- or a specific allergy – it's not that they necessarily knew it and have been avoiding it. It's just that maybe for whatever random reason, because life is a game of random chance in a lot of ways, yes. you've just never had to interact with that potential. Or you didn't. It just wasn't severe enough for you to notice. You just thought it was the air or whatever, right. something else. Because we're just like I was we've been talking a long time about like I've been saying I'm, I'm eliminating onions and tomatoes and bread it was just it was just blood sugar all my issues were blood sugar i just drink eight glasses of water a day and honestly my blood sugar's down like it doesn't even go above 150 because of all the water i drink but if i don't drink water that shoots up so yeah all right so i'm gonna ask you like i asked you last week for your favorite movie but you already did horror so i don't think you can pick a horror movie although that was the theme of today I, yeah, I mean, I do, I do love horror. I love horror so much. But mm. if I have to pick a different movie, different genre at least, action adventure. Oh, action adventure! I love it. Um, my current uh, favorite is John Wick. I love John Wick. First or all of them? All of them. Ooh, okay. They're I... so good. The first one, the first one is amazing. It really yeah. sets the tone. I agreed. I have a I have a soft spot for the first one. Uh, number two was great. Number three was fantastic. Number two I didn't care for, but I never care for the part two of anything. Same with the Matrix, you know. Okay, so John Wick, I love it. 
action adventure. You know, it's sad. It might skirt the the genre a bit, but I really have a, an ability to watch Zero Dark Thirty. Like, <laughs> if I don't know what to watch, I'll put on Zero Dark Thirty. All right. So I would say next week, space space themed weapon Ooh. or space themed movie. Well, that's easy. Same. Same as the first one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'll find a different one. There you well, go. Okay. Did you have anything you wanted to wrap up on? Nah, I'm good. Ah, I love you, Jeffrey. Everybody's good you. in your house, right? Everybody's good. Okay. Thanks. I, I look forward to uh, watching your video of getting your vaccine. I want to say I, di I wanted to take a video, but when it came time to do it, I just really wanted to get my shot, and I was excited and didn't pull out my phone at all because i'm not that right. guy if you don't see me posting on facebook that means i'm doing something in real life <laughs> right and that's the struggle is is that you know just getting getting stuff done and moving on in real life so i love it thanks for being here jeffrey we'll catch you later okay Thank you for listening to Public Access America. Jeffrey is gone, but I want to let you know you can listen to the podcast on Apple Podcast and Spotify, and you can find the live stream for Public Access America, Denton County Collective, and Inspirations Beyond Disabilities on our YouTube channel, Public Access America. Check the playlist section for more specifics. Love you. Bye. To those who would tear the world down, we will defeat you. This is our moment. This is our time. To those who seek peace and security, we support you. Yes, we can. And to all those who have wondered if America's beacon still burns as bright, tonight we prove once more that the true strength of our nation comes not from the might of our arms or the scale of our wealth, but from the enduring power of our ideals, democracy, liberty, opportunity, and a yielding hope. Let me tell you something you already know. The world ain't all sunshine and rainbow. Place. And I don't care how tough you are, it will beat you to your knees and keep you there permanently for letting you. You, you, nobody, is going to hit as hard as life. Ask not. Yes, we can. What your country can do for you. I have a dream. Ask what you can do for your country. Five poor little children. Yes, we can. tell you things are bad. Everybody knows things are bad. It's a depression. In this lifetime, you don't have to prove nothing to nobody except yourself. It ain't about how hard you hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. How much you can take and keep moving forward. That's how winning is done. Welcome to Public Access America. Yes, we can. Now on Instagram and SoundCloud. We wanted to run out of that tunnel for my dad. Twitter, Apple Podcast, the Stitcher Smart Radio app, Podable, and Spotify. Yes, we can. Public Access America. History in the making. Making history in the making.
At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.